Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Five, Welcome, everyone, to a special episode of In the Paint Show, episode 169. Today, we are highlighting the 2003-2004 preseason Fat 50 rankings. I am your host, Kelsey Hopkins, and I am here with Ronnie Flores and Ani Umana, and we're going to break down the best high school teams across the country. We're going to touch on as many teams and as many players as we can in the next hour and a half. Who are the best teams in the country? I'll have Ronnie and Ani on the hot seat all show to let you know. Sure. Last year was pretty interesting. A lot happened in the preseason. Uh, in the Fab, uh, sorry, in the 2022 Fab 50 champ, uh, Duncanville was stripped of its 2021 title by the UIL. Donda Academy closed. Players were transferring like Mikey Williams. This year so far, it's been a bit quieter, but there's a big rule change that will affect the high school basketball going forward. So let's get into that. Uh, Ronnie, can you tell us about the new foul shot rules and the elimination of the one-on-one? Yeah, no doubt. Uh, glad to be with you guys. Yeah, you know, a little bit more calm this uh, this season as far as the uh, preseason. Obviously, we did a lot of homework, me and Ani and the teams. But, yeah, the main thing I think people are not really grasping, and, and I've been talking to coaches, is how this foul rule is going to affect the game, the flow of the game. It could be a, a more free-flowing game with the elimination of the one-and-one because one, the fouls reset each quarter. Chelsea, as you know, mm-hmm. it's a it's a, a eight-minute quarters in high school. So it used to be on the seven. Per half, you're shooting the one and one. Then you go to the double bonus at 10. Well, that is gone. Mm. There's no more one and one. And there's fouls reset after each quarter. So then you're shooting on the fifth foul, right? So I guess for the teams, it could be super aggressive and then adjust to the refs and see how the refs are calling it. But again, Ani, as you know, we've, we've seen many games over the years. The one and one has helped a lot of teams get back into the game. If I'm on a run, if I'm going an 11-0 run, 9-0 run, 13-0 run, we foul. I'm expecting dude to miss that first free throw and us to get free throw. <laughs> right. What do you think there, Ani, as far as that? Oh, uh, man, I think it's just all dependent upon how the ref, how the referees are calling it. Um, sure. I think it can be a foul fest. I think it can be a free throw fest. Like, I think games can be decided off free throws. But if the refs kind of let them play, then, I mean, in high school games, you see how – wild a physical can be so you know if it's seven foul calls in total called in the first quarter <laughs> you know we got four minutes left you know guys are going to be shooting a bunch of free throws mm-hmm. and i don't think anyone's really came to come to see that uh so i just think it's all dependent on how the refs are are gonna uh ref those games if they let them play a little bit more but to me i feel that you know there could be a lot of free throws <laughs> a lot of a lot of double bonus i guess you know just free throws is taking place if, if especially if the games are getting called tight what what do you guys think prompted this rule change i mean when i listen to you guys talk and hear about it it sounds to me like it's going to slow the game down um you know what, so what's the purpose of, of of making such a big change right now that's ronnie that i don't know <laughs> chelsea in the second and fourth quarter the game could flow better because again you're resetting right after the after the after the eight minutes you're resetting you're back to zero so you can be super aggressive again 
and there and then there's no you know you you get a foul and then you you take the ball out of bounds so it could flow better the game could go a little faster but again the stronger team is as to Ani's point can adjust to the reps and 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 the stronger team if you're if they're ahead if they're a good coach they're going to stay ahead how are you going to come back Chelsea you know if you go to the line and it's a pressure packed situation and you know you got the second shot you're going to make the first shot more than you know what I'm saying the yeah. pressure off if the one and one is on and your team is struggling you guys are out of timeouts you're tired you're going to miss that shot a lot people count on I talked to some coaches they count on people missing that one and one so that's yeah. gone I just think it favors the stronger team I think you're right it could be you know a, a lot of fouls maybe early maybe until people adjust I think the whole everybody's gonna have to adjust uh Chelsea the fans are gonna adjust they're not gonna know right away they're gonna say wait a minute wait, I, I thought yeah. we're in the bonus you know they're not gonna know I bet you even some refs are gonna be like oh yeah I forgot we're at these rules so what it what it did Chelsea was it 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 uh mirrors now the college women's game I, I you know the women's game is mm-hmm. has these rules where you reset after each quarter so I, I guess it's it's I don't know who decided if they wanted to make these changes, but we're going to find out, you know, what it affects. So it, it should be uh, very interesting. Yeah, we're definitely going to see how the players and the teams are able to adjust to this um, as the season kicks off. Uh, but before we get into our rankings a little bit, let's just talk about uh, the history of rankings. Um, you two have done a fabulous job of just, you know, getting teams together and, and kind of giving us a fab 50 year after year. Uh, so I just want to get into a little bit of the process of of what goes into that um ronnie can you talk about just the ranking system uh before we start pulling up our teams yeah no doubt you know uh obviously you go by the previous year a bit and uh you know history makes a a a, a difference if a team has track record plays a tough schedule you see some of the uh bullet points and highlights here you got i gotta play a strong schedule i'm not gonna put you too high especially nowadays there's events all over the place Chester, we're gonna talk about these teams later by, by Thanksgiving, teams are, are already playing huge games. So you own a head-to-head victory is often key. And then I, I have some key contacts. Obviously, Ani's one of them. Uh, in terms of, you know, statewide, regional-wide, we have five main regions. And, and you have to earn a high ranking in your state and region. Mm-hmm. And then people are probably saying, you know, root for your rivals. What does that mean? Well, if you play a team and you beat a really good team, ranked team, you want them to keep winning. So we don't have to spend too much time on that. But basically, if a team... You beat a team, you want that team to finish undefeated the rest of the way after you beat them, right? 30, 31 and one and only a loss to your team. So obviously you'll both be ranked. And then as far as this is the one Ani likes, as far as having big time players, if you have a big recruit on your team, well, then you're going to get invited to the Thanksgiving hoop bet. You're going to get invited to the hoops. Giving. You're going to get invited to City of Palms. You're gonna, that's how you get on TV, you know, national TV game. That's how you get invited to big events. So if you have a big recruit on your team, that should give you more opportunity to win a big game. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right. Well, let's get right into it, guys. Um, I want to start out with our teams 31 through 50. Um, you know, obviously, it's really difficult when you start ranking uh, these teams at the end of the pack, uh, but you guys were able to do so. So I just want to get the list going and I want to talk a little bit about how we got here. Um, Ani, I'll start with you. As the list is scrolling, um, does anybody stand out to you? Any team that, you know, is loaded with talent or just a team that catches your eye right off the bat? Yeah, definitely South Grand Prairie. We got a, a 45. Obviously, I'm a Texas guy, but they're a team that last year, you know, they were – it was a lot of underclassmen last year, a lot of 225s and a few 226s that were kind of leading. So, you know, that leads to inconsistency, especially when majority of your top guys are uh, underclassmen. But this year, you, those guys have made a leap. They're older. 
Uh, South Grand Prairie has been really good in the fall leagues, and I think that they have a chance of uh, winning a state title this year, and I have a, they have a chance of being the best team in the state of Texas this year. Loaded with the, uh, those guys are just older, like uh, Cam Carroll, Cam Paul, and we'll kind of go into more. I'll go into more about them, but I think South Grand Prairie is a team that can definitely, you know, rise up and uh, really shock some people uh, nationally this year. I see uh, Sierra Canyon on the list as well. Uh, you know, we talked about them a lot in the uh, the Fab Show last year. So they lost quite a bit of talent. Um, also, you know, Bryce James has switched schools. Uh, sure. Ronnie, talk to me a little bit about Sierra Canyon at 46. Uh, do you see them being formidable this season or what do you think? Yeah, I, I look at Sierra Canyon and, and I'll tell you the truth, uh, Chelsea. A month ago, I, I don't think they would have been in these rankings. Um, mm. Then you look at them in the fall and you look at their roster. Justin Pippen is just getting really good, really fast. He's one of the most improved players in the country. Um, you know, Justin, obviously, Scotty's son. Um, you know, they have a really good, strong team around him, meaning physical players. Uh, a little bit of the limelight is off, like you said, Chelsea. I, I think it's even a little bit of a, a relief in terms for some of the players, perhaps. They're just getting after it. They play really good team defense. Uh, kids like Bryce Cofield. Uh, you know, and like we said, Justin, they got some size on their team, you know, and they got some real power. Uh, they did just get really after it. And I think they did good in the fall. Uh, some of the other guys they got, like Noah Williams, he's a team first player, 6'6", uh, 224. And, and they got Majok Chol, who's a center. So if he plays well, he's a real rim protector, seven footer, you know, they, they could be really, really good. Um, they want some key ball league games. So be honest with you, you know, there's, I was looking at a few teams in Arizona and Sarah Canyon put them on, put it on them, put it on mm -hmm. them in some big games. And like I said, I just think the key has been Justin's improvement. He's kind of like his brother who was a 2019 uh, Balls Life All-American yeah. game he played. Uh, Justin's just coming on late. And, and, and you see some of the highlights there for Justin. Uh, even in these highlights, I think he's even a, uh, a little bigger and stronger than some of these highlights. He's just playing really good here in the fall. Uh, again, like I said, they beat some teams that were toward the bottom of the rankings, and they would be the now the fifth team from the CIF ranks, meaning the California Interscholastic Federation. We'd have them fifth, and we obviously have uh, Roosevelt at 44, so they'd be the fourth team, so that obviously we have three teams higher. But uh, like I said, Chelsea, about a month ago, I don't think they're in, but they played really good in the fall. I think they have a chip on the shoulder. I think, like you said, they want to prove that, hey, we're a good team. We're not just kind of for the, about the flash and dash. We, we, we got some players. So, you know, we'll see how they do. Nice. I like that assessment. Okay, let's go down into the, the mid-30s a little bit. A couple of names that are sticking out to me. Uh, Hudson, Hudson Catholic out of New Jersey at number 36. Uh, Perry, Arizona at number 33. Talk to me about uh, these teams. Are, any, are there any guys on these teams that are going to make some noise this season? Yeah, you definitely go into Perry, uh, Cole Pete, uh, USA Basketball. I mean, just countless over. I mean, five star uh, prospect in two twenty five. Just a big, strong uh, forward, about six eight. He's versatile. You know, as you see him here, just playing above the rim through contact, playing through it, can really pass it, especially when he kind of gets like 12, 15 feet out. Really like his feel for the game, his physicality, strength. Good athlete, good enough vertical athlete, and just you know. Uh, I just think he's a matchup problem in high school, and I think he'll be a matchup problem in college. Uh, Cole mm -hmm. P comes from a family that actually, you know, is mainly football, right? So he's uh, he's actually the, the basketball one, and uh, you can just definitely see that he just comes from an athletic bloodlines, right? And just yeah. uh, just get a lot done on the court. So him, 
you know, being on that Perry team really it's a big, you know, they have other pieces around them, but it's a big reason that you put them at 33. Yeah. And now follow up on that, Chelsea, is I mentioned those other Arizona teams, um, mainly Desert Mountain and Sunny Slope. They're just got a little bit younger players. And I mentioned Sierra Canyon kind of put it to them. Sierra Canyon is strong. And that's where Perry is. They have a little bit more upperclassmen, 224s. And then obviously with Koa Pete, one of the better players in the country, there's not going to be too many times where he's not the best player on the court. Right. And I think that, that that makes a difference. And they're the number one team. Um, and not everybody would agree with that. They'd say some of those other teams in, in, in Arizona may be as good. And they might be right. But what, what the difference is, Chelsea's they're going to have the opportunity. They're going to play Harvard-Westlake and Archbishop Stepanak. And I'll just kind of give it away. Those two teams are ranked higher. We haven't talked about them, but they're ranked high. So they're going to play on Paul West, and that's going to be right at the end of November. So they're going to be right away. They're going to be able to show themselves if they're going to be on that that ranking. And then they play also in the Le Schwab right after Christmas, which will include Columbus with, with Cam Boozer and those guys. And it'll also include Harvard-Westlake again. So they're going to – right in December, we're going to know if they're that good and if, if, I, if I got it right. And I think that was the main reason is like Ani said is having the great player – who was an All-American as a sophomore, and then having uh, the big games right away, they're going to, you know, on a national stage, they're going to show if they're going to be in that level. Nice. Okay. I like that. So before we move on to our next set of teams, uh, just talk a little bit, share with our audience just the difference between the last few teams and the teams that didn't make our list. You know, people are always wondering, well, what, you know, puts the last five teams in and, and, and boots our team out. So just kind of give our viewers a little bit of insight of, you know, how difficult it is, but also just what's the difference between maybe those last couple bubble teams. Yeah, um, I'll jump on this and Ani can follow up is you could, again, we have some bubble teams, obviously, you could only put 50 in. And I think right now, Chelsea is uh, the teams with the track record or a team that has a, a great player, team that plays a, a good schedule. Also, the, like I said, the state rankings, uh, where the team finished last year and, and where the teams are going to play, especially early on. And then you can look at a team like 47 Duncanville, who, you know, would be behind South Grand Prairie. They, they got the track record. They, they, they got good players. They're, they're a junior-oriented team. But, you know, if they've been there, you know they're going to improve. Um, I, I think with, with that being said, that, that's the, the, main, the main difference. I think there's going to be a lot of movement from 31 to 50 um, in terms of teams jumping in. And that's what we expect, especially at the bottom. You know, again, some of those teams are like, let's say, for instance, modern day. Modern days are nationally ranked. We have them at 42, but they might be third or fourth in their in their league conference, which is the Trinity League, right? And same thing with Bishop O'Connell. We have 43. They might only be third or fourth in that league with Damatha, Gonzaga, Paul the Six. So these are strong teams with strong leagues. So they, they, you know, they could lose three or four conference games. Right. And then you obviously want to have a little bit of regionality. Chelsea, we don't want, you know, it's not going to be like you have nine teams from at California and nine teams from New Jersey. We do want to. It's a, it's supposed to be national, so we do want to have a little bit of regionality. That's why we might have a team like Totino Grace from Minnesota in there at forty nine, best team in, in in their state of Minnesota. Bellevue West with twenty four last year, awesome. They're going for their fifth straight state championship appearance at forty eight. Bellevue West again. You're not going to get too many Nebraska teams, so we want to kind of get some regionality there, especially them in like OE, Idaho. Wow, you know a team from Idaho that's only been. For our first 36 years of the FAF, we've never had a, a team from Idaho. And, and in the last few years, those teams are getting better. They have D1 players. They go out and play. 
they're coming to a big event. So it's good to, you know, see things like that from smaller states. Ani, real quick, yeah. just give me one team that's on the rise before we round out this segment. One team that you think is going to surprise people this season. I definitely, I definitely think you know I'm gonna stay. I'm gonna stay with my hometown. I, th- I, I mean, home state. I think, I think Duncanville is gonna really uh, surprise mm-hmm. people. I know they lost a lot of guys from uh, uh, Cam Barnes, Ron Hall, and I mean the list just kind of goes on and on and on. It's about seven guys that they lost, uh, but they they really picked it up. Added some pieces like B.J. Davis, Ray, Caden Edwards is taking the next step. He's a high major guard in two twenty five. And then Cam Smith, Tyler Smith's brother that's at the G League Ignite. Uh, Cam Smith is going to be someone I think that's about to really get high major uh, stuff going on with him. And he was really good in the wound camp. Me and Ronnie got to watch him. I think Duncanville's a team that they got to rely some on young guys coming off the bench. And when I say young, like 227s, <laughs> freshmen. <laughs> but uh, but and it's just some other guys that haven't had a lot of high-level varsity experience. But they're getting better. One thing that uh, Coach PV's done a really good job. It's just playing a lot of fall league games to get guys a feel for it. So I think during the season, they're going to be a tougher team to beat that people realize. Um, and I think they're going to shock people. I think they're going to rise. I think they're going to they're going to win. They have a chance to make it to the Final Four in the state, uh, in, in state and potentially win it. I mean, people haven't really talked too much about it, but they have a chance to really just kind of explode on the scenes, especially when it comes to like mid – non non district games i think that's when we'll start seeing them just rattle off wins big win after big win after big win nice i think that's a good answer yanni's a a texas guy through and through so Uh, it's expected but definitely a good assessment Uh, i want to move on to our next segment of teams Uh, we have 16 through 30 coming up but real quick i just kind of want to remind all of our viewers to make sure that you share our fab 50 show youtube link uh, with hoop fans, this season doesn't get started in every part of the country for another another couple of weeks. Uh, so make sure you are after you sign off, you you check out our written version of rankings on ballerslife.com. Uh, share our show with high school hoop heads. Uh, it will be live on Ballers Life Podcast Network, uh, and it will be a valuable reference pretty much all month um, as we head into the high school season. So um, let's pull up our next set of teams, um, teams sixteen through thirty. We'll get those rolling. Um, a lot of familiar teams in this group. Um, let's, I want everybody to have a chance to look at it really quick. Um, some teams are definitely standing out to me. Uh, let's start with you, Ronnie. Give me your first assessment of Team 16 through 30. Um, what are your thoughts? Yeah, just a high line. I see some teams here that are either defending state champs or very good, like Lincoln Park, number 22, with Malik Thomas. Out in Pennsylvania, um, you know, Oak Cliff Faith family has been on the cusp of the preseason Fab 50 for a, a while. Now they get in at 27. They're two-time defending champs in their division in UIL Class 4A. Uh, Arizona Cup is prep, uh, you know, 16. Boy, but but in that league and the NIBC, you know, that being 16, that don't mean a, that don't mean a whole lot. <laughs> they got a lot of work to do. They lost. You know, graduate a lot of guys, but they did get up to number one last year for a little while. If you guys remember, after our preseason, they started number four and they got up to number one. So they got one player back, Jamari Phillips, but they got a whole new group. They're big. They did win a game at the at the border league, but you know they they lost in the semifinals. So they, they got some work to do. Uh, it's a good group of teams. A lot. I think the talent level is a little higher than what we saw in thirty one through through fifty. Oh, Just wonderful. you know, bigger teams, a uh, little bit more. Uh, size, 
but again, uh, there is some, some, you know, nothing's guaranteed for sure. And, and these are teams that can get into that top five to 10 on you know, again, it'd be tough to crack number one, but you just keep winning in it and that'll take care of itself. But they got some landmines with some, you know, with their schedules. But I, I think the main thing is, is the talent level. Yeah. And that was going to kind of be my next question. And, and I'll pose it to Ani. Um, you know, what is the difference between 16 through 30 and 31 through 50? If you could just give, you know, a little bit of insight into how this next set of group or these next set of teams kind of separate themselves uh, before we dive into to some of these players and the teams themselves. Yeah, I think depth uh, definitely just when you when you when you look at these teams, I mean, they're just deeper as far as like when you go 31 through 50, you're talking about, you know, they got other good players, but it's like one or two really highlighted guys. And then when you go into uh, when you go into like 16 through 30, you're now looking at or 31, you're looking at guys with three, four, five, <laughs> you know, like mid to high major level prospects. I think the depth is just just larger when you when you talk about the teams at this at this uh, tier compared to 31 through 50. Uh, it's just there's just more division one level prospects like ronnie said earlier i'm all about players <laughs> and, and you know talent's gonna win you basketball games right uh so when looking at these teams i think you're just seeing just a higher level of depth that uh that's just at the end of the day is just going to play a big part when you talk about the second half of games okay that makes sense all right so let's get into it um i want to start with Ronnie, I'm going to put you on the hot seat a little bit. Let's start with the 28th ranked team, Oak Ridge out of Florida. You just touched on them a little bit. They have a stud in Jameer Jones. Uh, talk to me about them. Yeah, Oak Ridge, I guess, would be a little bit my team on the hot seat. Uh, they got four starters back. They're four Division One returning starters. But, you know, with Jameer Jones and, and Oak Ridge, they got a, a new player coming in. And you, and you see Jameer there. He was at IMG Academy last year. IMG lost some guys who were underclassmen, some, some guys that are not there no more. Uh, they're still a good team, but wouldn't they with him coming into the fold? It's just a matter of getting the consistent. You know, they 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 won the GSSA in Georgia uh, June Scholastic event. Then they came out west to Section Seven and and didn't do as good. So it's just a matter of getting them all together. They got Jalen Reese, the coach's son. Uh, coach Reese, is, he's a D Division One point guard, and, and they got very uh, you know good talent level as, as Ani would say. And they got they got something to prove because being in that class. You know, uh, 7A in Florida, that means they're with Columbus, who, who who we know will be towards the top of our rankings. And they got to prove they can they could beat them again. But look at their other guys. Elijah Elliott, Florida Atlantic. Cam Simpson going to Central Florida. Tyler Johnson, who was awesome last year in the games I saw, going to Virginia Tech. That's, that's five high-level guys. So for them, you know, they got the scheduling. It's just a matter of putting it together. Last year they lost on a buzzer beater in the semi state semifinals. So this year, you know, they, they got some really big games. Um, they're going to play Bishop O'Connell right away at the Holiday Hoops giving in Atlanta, our guy Chris Williams event. So we'll, we'll get a good feel, but uh, they're going to just uh, do it at the end. And again, they're going to have to meet Columbus, I would assume, somewhere. I don't know how, you know, as far as the district's meeting up, but they're going to meet them somewhere in the playoffs, and that, that'll be the game for them. You know, again, if they beat them in the game that matters, they'll obviously be really high in ranking. Okay, so we have at number 19, we have St. John Bosco. Uh, Ani, I know you are high on their player, Brandon McCoy. So just give me a little synopsis on that team and and how we kind of have them ranked where we do. 
Yeah, I mean, they're, um, you know, I got to see them in the border league. You got LZ Harrington, but more importantly, they got LZ's a great player, high major prospect, but they got Brandon McCoy, uh, <laughs> who I believe is the top player in 226. Uh, and I think one of the high may have the highest, I think has the highest upside. About guard, about 6'4, six, 6'5, six, can play either guard positions. Skilled, talented, can create separation and score. He can really pass the basketball. As we see here, you see how he's just, get into his phase, you know, really change his speeds and get into his shots. Uh, this was against OTE, you know, which has, you know, more physical, older guys in this in this setting, and he really performed out here. I really like uh, Brandon McCoy. I like his competitive nature. I like that even when he does struggle, he has a lot of energy and charisma and just keep cheering on his teammates. You know, a lot of – and he's young. I think he, he doesn't turn 16 till maybe next year or something, or I think mm. maybe next month. So, like, there's a lot. There's a lot with him that just checks a lot of boxes. I mean, I'm not going to throw the the P word, you know, when we talk about just him as a sophomore, but boy, like has all the makings of what we see at the next levels uh, at guards. And uh, yeah, I mean, he just, you have a kid like him, you're going to be ranked that high. Nice. I like I'll that. follow up on that. Uh, Chelsea, they got, you know, basically their whole entire team back, four starters, 11 lettermen. So they're still a little young at, at certain spots. Like you said Brandon McCoy is a, a 226, but they did it last year. They 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 ended modern day's league winning streak. We mentioned modern day at 42 in the first group. They're in the same Trinity League. They're the defending champs. Modern day won or tied the league title for 34 straight years. I mean, you guys, you guys weren't even born the last time modern day uh, lost the league. You know, so it, it that team is really good. I mean, we they got Brandon, but they're really well coached with, with, with Coach Matt Dunn, and, and they got um, you know, Loyola Chicago commit uh turner the guard they got good players uh they got some good role players so it's it is the players with them as as as, uh, ani mentioned but they got the track record you know they went to the sectional final and and they're right there on the cusp they they're trying to win uh the state open so they they check all the boxes in terms of the players and the resume nice okay so i just want to touch on one team one last team before we move on um i see at number 25 we have la lumiere uh, you know, Ani just gave us Brandon McCoy and his player to watch. Ani, I kind of, or Ronnie, I want to, I want to talk to you a little bit about your player to watch. I know he comes from that team, so just give our viewers a little bit um, what you think. Yeah, Jalen Haroldson, uh, ranked top ten in in two twenty five for Lalamere. Again, Lalamere has to, you know, uh, kind of show they can win in that NIBC. But I think with Jalen, they gotta. A talent uh, influence, meaning a, a guy who can really do something that their players they haven't had uh, recently can do. Look over the defense, control the ball as a big guard. Um, you know, they also got Jerry Easter. He's another good player. They got a really good 225 group. Chuck Love, top 50 player. Darius Adams, a top 20 player. And they got a good point guard from, from Ohio and Ace Buckner, a Clemson commit. But, you know, their talent level is higher. They've been struggling with closing games in the NIBC. And I just think with with Jalen, he just gives him a dimension, a big body guard that, you know, that he can attack, go inside. And they really haven't had that. I'll give you a crazy stat, and you guys might be, and it shows you how, how tough it is to win. Uh, Lalu was tied or led with two minutes to go in six of its ten losses. And they, mm-hmm. in two other ones, they were down by two with two minutes to go. So, again, wow. the fine line between winning and losing, they just didn't have the depth 
and the and the um they would they just didn't have the depth and and closing out the games of strength in that league. But with Jalen, I think they they got that. Again, that's a big difference. You're you're talking about a team that went, you know, uh 19 and 10. If you win what four of those games, you're now what 24 and 6. That's a that's a big difference. Yeah. You know, you, you're winning or tied with two minutes to go in six and ten of those games, and you lose, whether that's to Oak Hill. Montverde, uh, Sunrise, you know, you're right there, but you got to close a game. So I think Jalen gives them a closer. I like that. Okay, so Team 16 through 30 seems like a pretty strong group. Um, and to your guys' point, um, you know, some of these teams, you know, with a couple more wins could easily creep into the top 15. So it's going to be very interesting to see um, kind of what happens and who's able to move up. Um, but before we get into our top 15, I kind of want to just talk about the guidelines um, and eligibility. Uh, for how we, you know, kind of come up with these rankings. So if we can pull that up, um, I'll start with you, I guess. Uh, Ronnie, talk to us a little bit about um, the Fat 50 guidelines. Yeah, we, we we talked about being in a league or conference, whether you're in a state association. If you're not in a state association, obviously if you're in a state association, you can be ranked. You mean you follow all the guidelines. They, they're, they're supposed to do their job. That's what they get paid the big bucks for to make sure these eligibility for these teams are right. Obviously, there's more than 50 state associations because some are broken up private school and public school. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, some states only have one. Some states have, uh, like we mentioned, TAPS in, in, in Texas is private. Uh, California has private and parochial, uh, public and private together, mixed together. So if you're not, you could be a governing uh, body associate member. You know, you basically you got you to gotta be certified by your uh, state's, uh, you know, Department of Education. League or conference membership is mm -hmm. important. We talk about the NIBC. They do have some rules and regulations. Uh, maybe they're slightly different. And um, I think the main one that Ani can touch on and, and want to spend a little bit of time on that perhaps is, is um, just like maintaining amateur status. I think that's been one of the big things recently. We saw those Brandon McCoy highlights, Ani. They were playing mm -hmm. against overtime elite. And that's kind of what we talked about in teams 31 through 50. Some of that depth has been taken from those teams because obviously the players are going to an NIBC teams or a prep teams, or they're going to overtime elite. Overtime elite has a lot of players. Now, before we, we we used to mention that you had to maintain your amateur status because, you know, it seemed like a lot of players were going to turn pro, but that's kind of changed with NIL. Now, yeah. overtime elite has more of a, um, I guess, a quasi high school or, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're playing <laughs> high school level teams, which when it first came out, it didn't seem like that was going to be. So we were, we had, some reservations like, hey, well, you know, guys are getting pro contracts. That's not high school players. So then some other basic ones are the eight semester rule, Chelsea, which is obvious. You play four years of high school. Mm -hmm. There's some age cutoff guidelines. And those age cutoff guidelines are pretty lax, Chelsea. It's not like you can be 19. So it's not like it's real stringent. Yeah. You know, so uh, we've talked about that. So I don't know, Ani, you have a anything to follow up in terms of that. It's like, you know, that, that line between amateur and, and players going to having more options, basically. They, they, they can go to you know various leagues various prep schools and then even to the next level as you mentioned with like ron holland there's a lot of options to go you can go to australia yeah. uh nbl like like our like our guys from california um or you can go like ron holland the g league route and other guys with the g league route like mustelis from uh sunrise yeah i mean there's a lot of options you got next stars league in uh in uh australia you got the ignite some guys just do two-year deals like dink mm -hmm. payton or uh uh, the uh, drawing the blank, but the guard, uh, that's there, that's in the second year. Uh, OT, you know, I've been out there a couple of times. You know, Atlanta's like a third home for me. Uh, 
it's you know what they do there is really good where kids are really getting uh developed getting stronger and stuff like that uh there's just a lot of options so uh like you said overtime elite like imagine those guys being in high schools and then we're talking about like the depth of it but because there's so many options where kids can keep their amateur status or maybe not maybe go pro route but still maybe make some money (laughs) or however way it looks like i mean you can't blame them um that that's just that's really it's like a fine line to it, especially when it comes to the rankings. But it definitely impacts is is impacted some teams that maybe are in the bubble or maybe are thirty one mm-hmm. to fifty that could have a kid that you know maybe bolstered them in the top fifteen. So yeah, it definitely it definitely is a fine line. But I think it's really impacted some of the teams that are in our rankings and are not yeah. in the rankings. Yeah, like let's take a look at Kel uh, with Peyton Marshall. He's a he had a really good awesome junior season seven foot center on him cal might be in there at 45 46 47 if he wasn't at at ote right a seven footer and they have good other players around him um again so you have you have that and 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 like you said you you know aj johnson who played in the in the balls life game last year that's the name i was thinking about where he went to the nbl and like you said some guys might leave early like you mentioned um with with dink he'd be out of high school what what high school was dink at on him yeah, Pinkston. Yeah, you mean Pinkston can't win their district with that guy? I mean, you know, possibly so. So, again, the 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 it's changing. But the thing is, like you said, I think the for the elite players nil even at the high school levels kind of raised the bar, raised the mm-hmm. expectations on each Chelsea. These guys want to somehow get compensated. Some will legitimately get endorsements. And again, I'm not talking about Mikey and Bronny. Those guys are yeah. those Different. guys are yeah outliers. <laughs> They're outliers. That's they're they're not normal. You know what I mean? They're like they're way outliers, kind of like Arch Manning. You know, he's not normal. It's not a normal <laughs> thing. But they're still looking for a situation where they can get you know make some legitimate money. We've seen that at the college level. It's only trickling down to the high school level. I'll just give you real quick. You know, last year about this time, about eight state associations allowed players to take NIL deals. Now we're up to like 33 or 34 mm-hmm. in a year's time. It's it's only going to be a year longer for all 50 allowed. You got to, because it's just all a kid's going to have to do is say, sue and say, hey, you're denying me of my rights to, to you know, make a, a fair, honest, you know, yeah. compensation for my name, image, and likeness. What are, what's stopping me, me from doing this? Right. Again, maybe you can't use the jersey of like a modern day or you can't use the jersey of a Duncan Villani or or uh you know a team like that uh marshall or or columbus but you can still you know it's the same thing with colleges the colleges can't do that either angel reese can't wear lsu jersey all the way around but doesn't yeah. matter who knows knows who she is so there's no reason not to allow these players to do that you just hope it's 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 above board and they're really getting legitimate uh uh you know endorsement deals and they're learning what to do with it i think that would be great if we can get to the education where players can know what to do with a little bit of this for some mm-hmm. of them, it's a significant amount of money. You just hope that somebody's puts it in in some kind of, uh, you know, trust or some kind of something where, um, you know, the, their finances are taken care of later. No, absolutely. I think the landscape is changing. And, you know, honestly, I'm happy for these kids. You know, they're having more opportunities than I ever had as a player. So, you know, it's exciting times. And, you know, we'll just keep following like we've been to see, you know, how things are changing. Uh, but really quick, before we get into our top 15 teams, I just wanted to remind everybody, you know, instead of breaking down each team and bringing multiple guests on like we kind of have in the past, you know, we're just highlighting some key teams and players. But just a reminder that we have very detailed write-ups 
on these players, on these teams, on ballslife.com. So make sure you guys check that out. There's tons more insight that we kind of haven't got into on the show. So maybe there's a team that we missed and you want to hear about them. So just feel free to log on to ballslife.com and check that out. Um, but let's keep it going. I want to pull up our teams one through 15 and kind of talk about our top teams. Let's get the list going. Montverde, of course, the top. Uh, just give me your initial thoughts. I, I'll start with you this time, Ani. Initial thoughts on the top 15. Uh, most definitely. I mean, Montverde at number one makes a whole bunch of sense. <laughs> Montverde and Link here. Uh, you know, our, uh, I see we have Prolific on here this year. And I have Ronnie expand on that. And we got to really uh, got to see, I got to see some in the border league. They're exciting to what AJ did by uh, Ty, Tyron Stokes and Darion Reed, who had a really good uh, uh, weekend there and it's going to commit soon. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we, we talk about what's the difference between one through 15 and then 16 through 30 and then 31 through 50, like depth. My, my theme of depth continues to stay in here. I mean, these, yeah. now we're talking about three, four, five in the last. Now we're talking about seven, eight, nine division one level prospects or scholarship level players in these in these scenarios. Uh, Columbus at three, um, going to be really interesting to see how they how they are this season, adding Jace Richardson uh, to them. But you know, just looking at here, we're we're seeing larger levels of depth and teams that have won several seasons in a row and uh, have rebuilt it pretty good. Nice. What about you, Ronnie? Follow up. Yeah, I think the size too. When you look at some of these teams, you you look at like uh, a Long Island Lutheran, you know, there's some of the size. And now they got a, a great player in, in BJ Edscombe, but then you look at their size, you know, you 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 see players, uh, God's will, Ethrin, he's 6'9, you know, they, they they got guys like that coming off the bench, some of these teams. Not not all of them, but when you especially when you get into those NIBC teams, they, you know, they got guys off the bench, 6'8, six, 6'9, six, guys that may even play a little bit more. Uh, as, as freshmen and cause that start here, you know, you, they got, most of them got depth or they got a really good player. Who's like basically a national player of the year candidate, Mr. Basketball USA. If they've been there before, like, like, like Ani mentioned that they got the track record. Um, obviously, uh, Montverde uh, has the track where they beat Columbus pretty good. Columbus came back in the second half of that border league final. That's where we have them pegged three. I think highline the difference between them and link. Um, Link has the big turnover on his. We know they got the good roster, but they had the big turnover last year and they won the champion. You know, they, they won it all. They won Geico and they had a whole new team from 222. So I don't think for some of these teams, the turnover is not big because they're used to it. Mm-hmm. So, but I think that was the main difference for me really close between two and three link. They're the defending champs. They got a great player in Trey Johnson. They've already done the re the reload roster. And last year, Bill Armstrong, who's been on our pod before he was in his first year. So that didn't matter. It didn't matter. He, he got it going right away. Again, he's a college coach, college level coach. A lot of these guys have been at the college uh, level before. Uh, Sun, Sunrise Christian at number 14 has a, a, a new coach. And, and you know, his coach has been at the college and NBA level for eight years, you know, um, you know, the Kyle Linkstead, he's, he's, he's been. Luke Barnwell's now at the staff at Texas Tech. So we say, mm-hmm. oh, man, they, you know, they, they're going to have adjustment. Well, he's been at the NBA and caused up for eight years and at Sunrise before. So, like, I also think at this level, Ani, especially compared to 31 through 50s, these teams are approaching and practicing like a college team. Okay. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> yeah, like when, I, I noticed a lot of 
college coaches tell me that like we like guys from these programs yeah you know and some people traditionalists don't like it but they're ready for college like you said when you're practicing against another guy six nine six ten at your position and you're playing your college position that makes a big difference no, i can well, see that i can see how that would definitely translate to the next level some of the guys that are going to get ready to step on a college campus in a year or so you know are already going to have a little bit of experience um, yeah. Let's get into a couple players uh, with these top 15 teams. I'll start with you, Ani. Uh, give me give me one player to watch that you're looking forward to. You know what? It's, it's Cooper Flag. I mean, I, I know, I know. Listen, yeah. listen. Uh, I, uh, yeah, we listen, know that. It, 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 I don't got to talk a whole lot about Cooper's game. I, we, we've seen it, the Duncan, the blocking shots. He's number one player 224. He's probably the best player overall uh, in the country. Projected number one player in 224. Uh, draft all that stuff yes but for me he's a player to watch because now he's taking the lead role at Montverde mm -hmm. and can he I mean we've seen it with Man United but now can we see in the scholastic level at the NIBC can he lead Montverde he's going to be the guy Montverde and help them win the whole thing I think mm -hmm. and, and maintain that number one status that's for me is why he's the player to watch is because we are we we know the talent level we, we he deservingly is ranked where he's ranked, but sure. can he now just take that next step in his role, right? In the yeah. scholastic level in the NIBC, which is going to be loaded. And can he, uh, can he keep them at number one? Can they win the NIBC? Can they win Geico? That's something I do want to see out of him. I'm not saying they lose it. That is all on him, but I do want to see him in an increased role in this setting. So that's why he's my player to watch. Well, of course you went with the obvious pick, but I'm not mad, Ani. That's that's a great assessment. Uh, what about you, Ronnie? Let, give me maybe a sleeper pick um, yeah. that people might not be as familiar with. Give me a player to watch. Yeah, and this kid's not a sleeper per se because he's going to go to Big Blue Nation. I'm talking about recent Kentucky commit, Boogie mm. Flan, uh, mm. for number 13, Archbishop Stafford. But again, he doesn't have Derek Queen around him. He doesn't have Robert right around him like like Cooper, he's got to do. He's got young players around him. I seen them recently at the Pangos East Press Soft Camp. A bunch of good two twenty sixes. But you know, being in New York, that that's not easy. Uh, you know, to win that uh, win that Catholic League title in New York, it, it's very difficult. And, and Boogie's gonna have to have a good a big season and, mm -hmm. and scoring, leading, doing doing what is necessary for that team at at number thirteen. Um, you know. They are I have so like I said, they got Danny Corbucci is a 225. They they got one good piece up front who's a senior Braylon Ripto, but they got a bunch of good young players. And, and, and Boogie's really, you know, he was at 17-9 last year, 4.2 rebounds, 3.7. I think that's gonna have to go up with Ian Jackson now leaving the Catholic League. Our guy Ian Jackson, um, he's not our savior, you know, it's kind of boogie show to to, to take and at number 13, you know, again, they're right there, but they got they got to play Corona Centennial. They got to play Perry, who we talked about at 33 at Hoop Hall West. And and they they um, got to play Montverde at the college uh, City of Palms a little bit later. So when they – Hoop Hall West in, in late November, first week of December, will give us an idea if they have a chance against Montverde. You know, if they beat Perry, beat Centennial – you know that that'll they'll have some momentum going into that city of Palms, which starts on December 18th, and and that's just a loaded tournament all the way around. But you know, the, I, I like Boogie because it's, it's a lot on him. Where is like you mentioned about Cooper, 
you know, Derek Queen could be a national player of the year candidate. You know, uh, Robert Wright's yeah. terrific. Um, you know, and, and they got the size and and even our guy can Ian McNeely, um, Ani, he's a great player. You know, he has he could be an All American, but for Boogie, like he has to play like an All American for for Stephen Act to do good. And I think that's last year we talked to Ian and um, over at when he was at Cardinal Hayes, and 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 when we saw them, Ani, they just it didn't work. It didn't. They didn't play to the to not Ian, but the whole team didn't rise to them. And, and you can see right. that their games they weren't in the big games, and that's where uh, our guy Boogie's really going to have to you know lead that team and and win the close games. So our top fifteen seems to be super competitive. Um, you know, a lot of tough games ahead. It's going to be very interesting to see who's able to maintain their position. Um, but based on you know upcoming games, I want to talk a little bit about team on the rise. Uh, I'll start with you, Ani. Is there any team in this top 15 that you think has the ability to move up maybe significantly, um, maybe not so significantly, but still has the ability to maybe, you know, move up a couple spots? What do you think? Yeah, I, I definitely think prolific prep. When you look at that team, I mean, they're just so loaded. I mean, I know they uh, they took a pretty good beating from uh, Vic Twilix, uh, that uh, Columbus squad, but it's preseason. It doesn't matter. But when you look at AJ Dibansa, Tyron Stokes, Darion Reed, uh, that's a team that just off those three alone. And then Zoom Diallo, uh, Mikey Lewis. I mean, that's a loaded squad. They got a chance to be a number one team in the country. Um, I mean, they're, they're that talented. So they're a team that I feel like can be on the rise. I think even though uh, AJ has gone from 26 to 225, um, I definitely still think assuming this new role of being like the guy, like, you know, more eyes are on him this year. So, I definitely think that once he kind of gets more comfortable in that role, um, he's going to be really, really good. I think this prolific team is going to be dangerous uh, uh, this year. I think when they're really hidden, I think they're going to look like the best team in the country. That's just my honest opinion. Oh, wow. um, but when they're, you know, they're going to maybe struggle a little bit early, but I think once they get into their groove, I think they really got a chance. I'm not saying, I mean, to be number one, you can't have a lot of losses now. Like mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm aware of that. But I do think that they're gonna they're gonna really hit stride pretty soon. And I really love Darion Reed's game. Uh, oh, that was yeah. my first time really getting to watch him. I think he's someone that can kind of be a closer type, uh, especially in the in the end of games. And and uh, Tyron's just such a dog. I mean, he's such a dog in two twenty six. Kind of plays older, has more mature game than yeah. uh, than listed as a sophomore. So I definitely say prolific prep, in my opinion, is a team on the rise that has a chance to be number one just off the talent level. Oh, wow. Okay. What about you, Ronnie? You have a team in mind? Yeah. My team would be Myers Park, number 15. They were a bubble team last year. They were right outside, but the Mustangs are very good. Um, You know, North Carolina High School Athletics Association. Uh, They won the 4A title, first state title since 1966. They got two big-time players, and really three. Sir Muhammad, uh, Nazir Muhammad's son, Notre Dame commit. They got Sadiq, A.J. White. He's a, you know, underclass All-American from last year. And Bishop Boswell, who's going to point guard. You know, you got to have a good point guard. He's going to Tennessee. That's really three great players. Nine lettermen back. Muhammad averaged about 13 and a half points. They're really balanced. Wide about 11 and a half. And Boswell, 12 points. Uh, he scored 22 points in the state title game. And more, more things, Boswell played really good D on Paul McNeil, who's now at, at North Carolina State. And, and, and this team has a really good chance. You know, again, will they get to number one? I'm not really sure. I'm not going to go that far, uh, you know, but they got some depth. 
Elijah Strong uh, moved on, but they got John Hines at 226. They got some guys with a football background. And uh, Myers Park's got a load of schedule. They're going to be at the D.C. Hoop Fest December 9th through 10th. They're going to be at the John Wall Invitational, which is always a good event and tournament after Christmas. I just think they have a chance to move up there just with their, uh, you know, three big starters back, nine lettermen. They won. They know what it takes to win that North Carolina uh, state title. And, and, and they just have, you know, some of those teams are going to uh, fall. Again, we got eight teams from the NIBC in the top 25. So they all can. They deserve it because of their talent level. But, you know, again, when you're fifth or sixth in conference, you're going to drop. And we can't expect a team like Stepanak or Myers Park, you know, even Gonzaga at number 12 to really drop. You know, if you, if you four, five, six losses, you're going to drop. So I don't really think all those eight teams are going to stay there. They're deserving of that, those preseason accolades, but that's a team Myers Park that has a chance that they got to be more, um, you know, they got to be more in the range. And I'll say what their record is last year. Uh, you know, last year, uh, 222, 23, they were 28 and four. So if they're like 27, one and two, that, that's what I'm saying. So, that, you know, again, you get to the point where you, how do you rank a team that's like in the NIBC now, five or six losses versus one of those teams that only has one. So, so, you know, the, again, as Ani mentioned, a couple of these teams can take a few losses, but to get to number one, you can't take too many. Makes total sense. Um, before we wrap up our, you know, top 15, I just want to kind of touch on two teams that stood out to me that we've kind of talked about their players a lot on past shows. Um, at number three, uh, Columbus, and also at number 11, Harvard-Westlake. Uh, they have some stud players on each team. Um, I'll let you guys pick which one you want to handle, but I just want to give a little insight to our viewers uh, about some of the studs that they have playing um, and their and the chances of their team kind of moving to number one. So I'll start with you, Ani. Uh, talk to me about Harvard-Westlake and Trent Perry. Yeah, you know, Harvard-Westlake, again, that was another team that I got to uh, I got to really watch while in my time in Vegas. Uh, Trent Perry, really good player, guard, can really make shots, uh, just knows how to play, crafty. Uh, you know, just he's a competitor. <laughs> he's a competitor, as we see here. Uh, shouting at the fans after May three. I just really like his shot making. His just three point, just shooting prowess, which is able to uh, space the floor out. And uh, you know, he has some pieces around him. I don't know how to say the kid's last name very well, but Kamania. Um, he's down on the clip, but he's got to see him in wound camp as well. Just really talented, about six seven, skilled, kind of like this point forwardy like just versatile threat that can just score with pull-ups, shooting, you know, left, right hooks. And I think he's a good complimentary piece with uh, Trent Perry. And I just think like Harvard Westlake has a chance, you know, to potentially move up. I I think they got some size. They got some quality size. They got some shooting uh, not only with Trent, but with some other guys around them. And they also just got some mismatched guys that they can kind of go to when, you know, the offense isn't really going as well. You can throw the Kamenia and, and, you know, you can get some you can get some easy looks. That's why I really like about Harvard-Westlake and why I like about Trent and just the pieces that are around them. Yeah, I had the opportunity to watch Trent, I think, either last summer or the summer before he was playing for Vegas Elite. Um, you know, Vegas girl. So just, you know, my shameless plug. Uh, but, you know, he was super exciting, super fun to watch. So it'll be interesting to see what he does. Um, but, you know, we have it wouldn't be a show if we didn't talk about the, the Boozer brothers or the Boozer brother in Cameron Boozer. So, Ronnie, I'll let you take it. But talk to me about number three, uh, Columbus out of Florida. Yeah. Well, like we mentioned Oak Ridge. They went to that section seven mm -hmm. and they got good players. But I mean, Columbus just spanked everybody. Spanker. I mean, like 
<laughs> we can say we can talk about Cooper. We can talk about AJ and Manson. But I mean, it's not very often you get a player like Cam. Like right now, I think again, I'll, I'll go on the spot and say right now, if I want a high school win, forget ten years in the NBA. Now, I want Cameron Boozer right now. If I just mm. want to win a high school game, you know what I mean? Like he's just dominant. You see him there. He has kind of like an NBA body now. You see his brother there on the dish. He can shoot the three. Um, he's doing that a little bit more. He can handle the ball, but you don't even need him to do that. I mean, he's really like a high school Paulo Banchero. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like these shoulders are that wide. He's that big. Uh, they got a few new pieces in, in Jason Jackson Richardson. And it's funny, Chelsea, you mentioned Harvard Westlake. Well, Harvard Westlake, again, they lost a prolific really by a couple possessions. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why Harvard Westlake's 11 as a defending, you know, state champion in California. Well, well Columbus is a two times defending state champion and, and and they're going for the national the whole thing right they're, they they really have a chance really good chance to finish one number one obviously they got to win that city of palms but when you you talk about a being a again i have this 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 uh panel that puts together the mr basketball they've done it for a long time they're not really going to give a sophomore very much leeway or love like sure some sophomores have been in the mix whether they're monty bates um mm-hmm. you know they oh no nah, seniors better but like to him to win national player there as a sophomore like that's pretty amazing like I, yeah. I don't think it's talked about enough you know like how so how many times has a high school national player there come back to high school what three times maybe you know Lou Alcindor LeBron and him like it's really a small yeah. group so like he's kicking at like he's punishing teams even at the border right. league he's still punishing like he's just so strong and good and agile at this level and um you know Again, I we'll see if they they can meet down the line, and, and then we talk about the schedule. So Columbus, right away, Ani, you're going to get the matchup you want. November 22nd, they're playing prolific. So again, AJ, you want to be number one in 225. Like this is another chance you got because you didn't really show it at Borderly that you were better than Boozer right now. Again, right now, no, no, you did. The, the you know the NBA draft is something different. Obviously, we're going to have our draft show next next June 224. But for right now, I want Cameron Boozer if I want to win. And and, and they have a great chance to win. Four starters, plus they got the, the Bishop Gorman boys, our guy who just who just committed at Bishop Gorman, ironically, to Michigan State where his dad is going, mm-hmm. or his dad played for, yeah. uh, you know, uh, Richardson. And his younger brother, we haven't talked about Jackson. So that gives him another piece. They got good shooters. They got uh, Benny Flagella. You know, and then they have another great guy who I think is going to continue to get uh, more publicity, and and he hasn't been taught to much. So we've seen Amani Malik Abdulali, six mm-hmm. seven two twenty four. He's just terrific off set lobs, set plays, out of bounds plays, and then you know, Columbus again. So they get by. Let's say they beat Prolific again. Just playing devil's advocate here. Mm-hmm. They're number three. They play McKeechern down at. Hoops giving in, in, in uh, Thanksgiving week in the 24th. And then right away, we'll see the whole country. We'll see because we'll be on national TV. They get their chance at Montverde. They go up. Uh, up basically what freeway is that? Rick Ross always talks about it. But anyway, they go up the freeway to play Montverde from Miami on December 1st. So right away, the rankings are going to take care of South. So you have these rankings we're putting out here basically on Halloween. You know, it's going to be Halloween, and, and you got about a few weeks to dive into them, read them, go back to them. But that's all great and dandy, Chelsea. You know, get get into the rankings on, on ballslife.com. But more, the, the rankings are going to take care of themselves. Yeah. 
you know, Monverde's playing Columbus on the first. They're playing Link on the eighth in Vegas as part of the uh, NBA playing, what is it, the Cup tournament? So there's some yeah. high school synergy there. The, so there's going to be high school teams in Vegas that weekend, which mm-hmm. is part of that NBA in-season cup, I'll just call it. I don't know the yeah, exact name yeah, of it. Yeah. Playing tournament, you know. Mm-hmm. Playing tournament. So, you know, we're going to get – some people are going to get to watch some high school teams. So, like, Link is two. They're playing on number one on 12-8. Columbus is playing 1-3 on 12-1. It's all going to take care of itself. We're just yeah. kind of breaking them down. And, and, and like you said, I, it's hard to get against the Boosers. Again, I know Montverde probably has player for player, you know, matchup by matchup a slightly better team, but – Columbus definitely has their chances. You know, they they were kind of shocked in that first half of that border league game, Monty. Maybe you can talk a little bit about that a little more. But they kind of put it together. They, they made it interesting enough to say, hey, this team has a chance. Yeah. yeah. They, Go ahead. Go ahead, Oni. No, I said they definitely made it interesting. And when you when you look at Columbus, just they the way they play, like just, you know, with Cam Blues or one thing that uh, – Ronnie has talked about in the past, but like, you know, he just gets in just those outlet passes. Like they just get quick buckets because he just makes those those passes advancing easy layups. Um now, now they make it interesting. Columbus is gonna be tough against anybody. <laughs> I mean, and, and I know they just played OT again, which we saw OT. I mean, that was tough. They went out to the area and they they made it very, very competitive. I think they're a bet, I think I, I agree with Ronnie. Uh, and and I'm with him with Cam. I'm, I'm with him with Cam. I think Cam, if you had to say who's the, like, right now, who do you want to win a high school game right now? I'm picking Cam Boozer. Um, yeah. yeah. Now, let's let's talk about uh, Cooper for a minute. Because as we're shooting the show, he was going to, I think, commit or come close. You know, he was going to make his commitment. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, Mott Verde is uh, – going to play in his hometown in Maine. Obviously, Maine hasn't really had a McDonald's type of Americans. Now, this is not just a normal McDonald's All-American. Like, this guy's like the best player in the country, dang near if it ain't Cam Boozer. And, you know, for him, for a tragedy to happen, there's a big shooting in in Maine. Uh, he kind of got on social media and talked about, hey, Maine, I, you know, we, we love you guys. We're thinking about yeah. you. Um, and Montverde obviously has that loaded schedule, but they're going to play two games in, in, May, in Maine this year. On uh, January fifth, sixth, I believe, right around the. Correct. Just talk a little bit about that, and Ani, and just like for him to go back home and play in front of his fans, and then it's going to have more meaning because of uh, off court tragedy. Yeah, yeah. Real, real quick, real quick, Ani, and, and just just so our our people are following, um, yeah. the tragedy that that Ronnie is speaking of is just the mass shooting that happened in Maine recently. Um, I believe the shooter is still out on the loose. They haven't uh, been able yeah. to yeah. detain him. Um, and so I just wanted to just kind of make sure our viewers are aware and they should be aware because, you know, it, it's all over the news and stuff like that. But obviously another mass shooting, senseless gun violence in the United States, um, yeah. it, it kind of doesn't end. So, uh, you know, prayers to those families, the victims, um, everybody affected in that tragedy. Um, Cooper Flag has been very vocal, um, just, you know, shouting his, you know, his, his stay out on social media. So I just kind of wanted to make sure everybody knew what that was. Go ahead, Ani. Yeah, no, the, him playing, coming back to Maine and playing some big games like that, I think that's that's awesome. I think there's going to be a lot of emotion, there, especially when you talk about, uh, you know, what's going on in Maine right now with, with the active shooter. I mean, I know it's October, but even coming in January, people are going to want to 
people are gonna, the, the the residents out there are going to want this. They're going to this is going to be important for them to really see their hometown kid in this. And that you know, there's not going to be a whole whole lot of things that are just going to really that just lifting them up right now. You see what I'm saying? So I think it's just a lot of emotions there. I think it's really good that he can come back and play a couple games in front of his home crowd. And again, I'm going to be interested to see how does he perform? I know he's going to be energized. I know he's going to be motivated, but like, as we can see guys, like some him balancing those things and still putting out a good performance and still, you know, going out there and winning Which Cooper. He's a mature kid. I got to interview him a few times. Like he's a mature kid, but I, I'm, in, I'm just interested to see those things. Like with all those, you know, all these things that can kind of come into play, how does he perform? How does he, you know, just do winning basketball plays, but also, you know, put a show out to, uh, to the fans that are really going to want that. Yeah. Uh, let me follow up on that. Like, we mentioned Boozer and and like he is the guy now. Like you said, his his accolades is you know twenty five points a game. Like the ceiling for for this Monverde team and for Cooper especially is like really high. You know, like mm-hmm. I wanted to mention that because like yeah, he I had him on my All American team last year. There was a few sophomores, which is not happens often, but uh, Malik Thomas was on there. Him, Cole Pete, four sophomores, and if you look at at uh Cooper, he only averaged 9.9 points a game. It's not like yeah. you know, it, 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 he had the blocks, he hit it wasn't like he averaged 30 points a game, is my point, you know. So uh, like you said at the top of the show, more Ani, like he can really lead this team. He's gonna have he could have some monster, monster games, and then um, you know, so his ceiling is just to dominate and get this team rolling is is really high you know especially if they start winning these games i think it's going to really motivate them you know again mcneely was their leading score at about 12.4 points a game they obviously got bounced they don't need guys scoring 25 30 points that's a Newell, he just committed right he uh and yeah, most teams be the best player right he's going to georgia he only averaged 6.6 points a game so they play as a team that's why you know they've been able to win the big games but i think cooper really has a chance to be that standout guy where he can take it to the next level and, and challenge Boozer for player there or whoever else comes in. I, I don't think that's a, that's a, um, that's, you know, far fetched to think. Um, Ani, let's move ahead. Let's go crystal ball real quick is let's say they do win these games. So Monverde beats Link, they beat Columbus, they beat Wasatch to start the season. Like then are you going to be starting ready to, let's say they're, 24 and one or 25 and oh, or something like that are you going to start being ready to compare them to that 1920 team with Cade no, and no. <laughs> <laughs> no. no. our Scotty Barnes and no, them or no, 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 let them I, win. Yeah, let that, them that, win. <laughs> man, that that group with Cade and them, yeah, and Scotty Barnes, yeah. The wrong, nah, they run. Nah, yeah, man. There was like, nah. <laughs> that was a different group. That that was the best high school team I've ever seen. So, wow. yeah, that was for me personally. I know I'm just 31, but I haven't seen a high school team that good. Uh, yeah. This team has a chance of being pretty, pretty damn good. I, I, I mean, if they do yeah. do that, I think they'll be in the conversation 
But <laughs> that's still a ways off. Yeah, they, they, they ain't touching that group. <laughs> they, they ain't touching that group. Nah. Yeah. Well, it was <laughs> funny because the kids, I think it was at the Wooten camp, a bunch of uh, somebody, one of the media outlets was like, What do you guys think about Chino Hills versus Montverde? And they're like, oh, okay. Like, oh, that's team by a mile, you know, like, what right. are you talking about? And I think that's what we're saying. When you look at that Chino Hills team, they were a great team, no doubt about it. But they had two 14-year-olds. Yes, those 14-year-olds are in the NBA now. <laughs> but they were 14. You know what I mean? Like two 14-year-old stars. And I think that's where Cam Boozer makes a difference in some of these games. And they're just so strong physically. Mm-hmm. It and then Richardson's. I, I think they're being slipped on a little bit. You know, if they're healthy, that Gorman team just didn't didn't come together last year. You know, they split yeah. up. Obviously, Some of them are at, at Wasatch now. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Junie Mobley with, with number 23, Wasatch. They got a good team. You know, uh, Chris Nooley's there. And they also got the kid from Durango who committed to San Diego State. He's also there. So, like, Wasatch has some boys, you know. But like, they're still only, like, they might finish fourth or fifth in the league. We'll see. But, right. you know, uh, uh, I, I'm to your point. But, like, the strength, the physical strength, I think that's another big difference in teams 1 through 15. You, you don't see that too much in teams – you know, like 40 through 50 or something. like these teams are really big and really strong. So yeah, I was laughing and everybody was saying, you know, what? Oh, Caden, then we're going to win. So you guys want to know more about that or get into that more. We don't have time for that on, on this mm-hmm. special episode, but uh, go to Spotify or iTunes, our episode in the paint 62. We talked to Steve Bates. We talked to Kevin Boyle. We talked to Steve Smith and we talked to, Herman Harried, who was a player on the 1983 Baltimore Dunbar team. So, like, we, we broke all that down. Go watch it with that over episode 62. It's all there. We don't have time. Chelsea, <laughs> we got to move forward and 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 keep this going. But we, we have talked about all the teams, uh, you know, one through the, the, the segment of teams. Um, Ani, real quick, any other team you want to touch on in any of the, of the groups or anything that stands out? I know, you know, this is, again – Teams 31 through 50, there's going to be a lot of movement. Again, those teams are a little – I'll be honest. I'm going to be completely honest here. Those teams are weaker than they were 10 years ago. Again, there's kids – you know, they're at the G League at night. Put Dink Pate on Bellevue West or South Grand Ferry. You know, like – Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They're going to be stronger. There's no doubt about it. Like, let's just take those OTE kids and put them somewhere. They're going to be better. You know what I mean? Like, Ani, any other other thoughts on those – on the teams in general? Uh, teams in general, uh, definitely San Antonio Brennan. I know we have him at 30. I like him a lot, too. Kingston Flemings has really kind of propelled himself as one of the best uh, point guards in the country. Uh, yeah. They got Isaiah Ward, 226. And they got – they're a team, again, they're like South Grand Prairie. Like, they did make it to the Final Four of the uh, of, of 6A last year. Uh, yeah. But, um, you know, those guys are a year older. So, just really interested to see how they how they go. 30 is pretty – is a good number, you know. But it's 30 is like that – ranking where like yeah really good you know it's it's really hard to move up <laughs> from 30 to 20 but it's easy to go down because they are going to have a tougher uh yeah. non-district schedule so then yeah. you see how this like with kingston and isaiah yeah. and some of those other guys how they just really just kind of come in and play uh when they get in the district they should be fine san antonio's not that great uh it's yeah. not that strong but uh, that non-district schedule i'm really interested to see how they all just kind of how they play and then for me we talked to a little bit about a Wasatch. I, I I like him. Isaiah Harwell, Chris Welly, John Mobley. Um, yeah. I think this is probably maybe the, in my opinion, one of the best teams that they've had in a while from a talent mm-hmm. perspective. Uh, yeah. Not saying they'll win NIBC, 
but I definitely think some of the games that they lost close last year or in, in some years prior, they have the talent enough to close it this year. So it's more of those two teams. I'm interested to see how they yeah. just perform in their, uh, like Brennan and non-district and uh, Wysatch and just those NIBC close one, two possession games. Can they close out more of those games than they've done in the past from a talent level? They, it shows that they, they can, but you know, they got to play on the floor. Yeah, as, as Chelsea mentioned, some of those guys all play together with Vegas Elite, so they got some continuity, you know, like mm-hmm. we talked to Goreville, we talked about yeah. him going to San Diego State, Chris Mooley, uh, Ani, uh, Malik Diallo going to TCU, I might have said yeah. his name wrong. Uh, dude, he's six, they're returning, he's their only returner, 6'10", that gives them the size. Again, I think the depth, they're going to have to show, that, like you said, that they have the depth to compete with Link, Monverde, you know, game in and game out, but they, they got the team. Uh, you know, Coach Peterson does a, a, a really good job. And then jumping back to Brennan, my thing with them, Yanni, is the youth, as you mentioned. It's it's can go either way, but also 21 years since the team from San Antonio's won the, the top division in in in, in uh, Texas. You know, at then it was 5A. There was no 6-8 in 2002, uh, 21 years ago. Uh, I think it was San Antonio J. So, like, that's history. You know, you got to get over that hump. Keeps to San Antonio. Once you start playing them boys from the fifth ward and the boys from Dallas, like, you know, yeah, you got to do it. You know, you got to do it. It's but you know what? Way. They're tough. They're tough yeah. enough to do it. They are tough yeah. enough to do it. And yeah. Cody Cowgill's crazy. He's a crazy yeah. coach. Like, you know, he, he makes sure them boys, he makes sure them boys come to play. Like, yeah. I, it's going to be hard. Yeah. But they're, the perception, like perception of San Antonio schools and like players yeah. that they're on the softer side, like they're not soft. <laughs> <laughs> they're no, they're they not soft. Like, yeah. yeah, they they got some it's Centex period, awesome, but they're not they're not soft. Like that's the yeah. one thing I get that's why I feel like they have a really good chance because they are one of the tougher teams I've seen in the area. Great, that's great. Yeah, uh real quick on team. 27 uh faith family you know they're not in the 6a so you got brennan at 30 you got um south grand prairie 45 duncanville they're in the top division you know mm-hmm. this faith move boy they got a tough schedule they're playing a lot of teams you know what what do you make of them real quick they're number one in texas but again they're not in the top division but they're going to have their chances to be ranked really high yeah, BT always gives them a really strong non-conference schedule. I think this year is probably tougher than last year, or, or yeah. right, right yeah. equivalent. Is I mean, you know, when you talk about Dorian, uh, just that big man inside that can just score it in the post whenever he wants to. Uh, Colorado commit. Then you have Isaac Williams, who's another Division One guard, that six-three, uh, athletic, strong. You have Jazz Henderson in there, who just yeah. you know he's a winner. He's a, he's a guard that can really just control the. The pace of the game, managed game, just a real floor general out there. Uh, Lamont Hatfield's at 225 lefty, that shooter that has a Division One. Uh, I think he could be like a mid, a mid-major level player. Could be higher if it all clicks. Like Kendrick Taylor's another bouncy four man, four five that can just you know protect the rim. And then they got Davion Atkins who's 226, and that to me, uh, when we talk about these non-district schedules, because when they get in the district and state, I mean, I, I know they have Dallas Carter, but there's little resistance for them getting into state. Um, but when you talk about those non-district, those tough non-district schedules, I think guys like Davion Atkins, who's a 226, that has a chance of being a four-star, maybe borderline five-star level player, uh, 
he's going to be important for them to win those games, uh, along with Dorian and Jazz. And obviously, they got to do their part. But I definitely think there's some younger guys that will have to play an increased role and make it happen. But from a town perspective, they're the best team in the state of Texas, and BT's always they're always going to win. I think for them to really take that leap from you know from the second tier in the rankings to, you know, maybe a top 15 team, they're going to have to win those games in (laughs) non-district. You know, they got, they got to win state. They're going to, they're probably going to do that. Yeah. uh, They got to win state. Yeah. But they got to win some of these really tough non-district, non-district scheduled, uh, scheduled games. I'm looking forward to seeing them playing in, in Torrey Pines again. They've Mm -hmm. won. They went there a few years ago and played Bishop Gorman in a, in a good final. And I think Wasahachi will be there as well. Now they're not ranked, but I, I think that, leads us into our, our next topic here. So, yeah, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing them. Uh, and hopefully you can make it out, Ani, uh, after Christmas. There's, I think, three Texas teams down mm-hmm. in San Diego this year. And obviously, Faith Family would be one of the teams that might win that tournament. Yeah, let, let's touch on that a little bit. You know, as our as our top 50, you know, list kind of comes to a close, um, let's talk about a couple of the teams that were on the bubble that maybe didn't make it. Um, you know, we touched on that a little bit at the beginning of the show, just how it's difficult um, to even just rank teams in general. And you have those teams kind of on the back end that, you know, maybe could have went either way or could be swapped out with some teams that didn't make the top 50. So, uh, Ronnie, I'll kind of just start with you. Uh, do you have any teams that you can just kind of pinpoint um, that, you know, could have been maybe in this list and might have a chance to creep in as the season goes on? Yeah, as, as we get ready to pull up that list, um, you know, a couple teams stand out for me. Again, we, we kind of mentioned them. Sunny Slope, uh, Arizona, very good team. They're right on the cusp of, of, of getting in, in those rankings. Um, again, some of the people feel they're better than Perry. But, uh, you know, they, they in, the, in the fall league, they show that they, they got a bunch of young players. So they still got, you know, work to do in, in terms of, of, of beating the uh, strong teams. They're going to have those. They're playing the schedule. They even got a great 227 in, in the big game. Wabington, he's a, he's a really good young player. And, and, and they, I just like their team. Um, Bashan of Missouri. Again, I, I personally think they're going to get in the rankings because they're, gonna, again, a team that might be third or fourth in, in their state or third or fourth in their conference. Bashan has got some really good, uh 225s coach irons always does a good job there uh i wasn't quite ready to put them in but i i I personally think they're going to jump into the rankings at some point um you know so i I think they're very strong them or shamanad is very very good and um you know all these teams so yeah those two teams stand out to me again i can mention desert mountain with the house boys again those are younger teams out in arizona and so the Sunday Sunny Slope got some younger teams. So again, Ani, it goes back to the Boozer, you know, Darren Peterson level. If Koa Pete is that good, he should be leading that team. So again, if, right. if even though they lost Coach Williams to Colorado, if Perry's that good, they played the schedule. That's why I started them number one. But I wouldn't be surprised if Sunny Slope and or Desert Mountain get in there with them right in the mix in that Arizona Open Championship. Nice. Ani, do you have any teams that stand out to you on this list before we move on? Yeah, no, Waxahachie. Um, you know, we haven't really got to see them uh, in the fall with King Grace and Parker Jefferson, two, both 225 nationally ranked guys, high major prospects. Uh, they kind of been uh, chilling a little bit on the fall leagues. So I think get 
seeing what they look like during the season with both of them on there. And even without them, the team's been looking pretty good. They got some other guys like Trey Nunn, 226, that can really shoot it. And it's like a thicker body uh, wing. But Wax is going to be interesting to see. Last year, they kind of struggled. I think, again, we talked about youth, and youth last year played a, fa- a role in just how in how they just struggled. They probably didn't play up to par to what people thought they could. But this year, I think now that they're your older um chemistry's kind of just been growing more and more um and they're sharing the basketball i think wax actually has a chance to be in that top 50 uh from a town level and then you got two got two high major guys that can you know really score whenever they want to and and uh parker who's just a, a matchup problem in the post and trey who can really space the floor and king who can score whenever they want i think wax actually has a chance to be in that top 50 but i but they're I mean, their district and non-district schedule is going to be tough. So, um, but yeah, from a time perspective, they have a chance to get in. Yeah, that sounds good. Okay, so we have our completed Fab 50 up on ballislife.com. So I just kind of wanted to remind the viewers after the show, make sure you go check out those detailed write-ups of each team, everything from key players, insights to why they landed in the spot that they did, um, even down to their schedule. Uh, and as we wrap this up, I kind of just want to talk to you guys about games to watch. You already pinpoint we have a lot of matchups um, with the top teams, but maybe there's a couple other games that our viewers should look forward to. Um, Ronnie, I'll start with you. Um, any big games you see in the future that, you know, our viewers are not going to want to miss? Oh, yeah, there's definitely some games that our viewers are not going to want to miss. Uh, we kind of mentioned them a little bit. But again, I, I, I said right away, co- prolific in Columbus, November 22nd. Not on that list, but watch before Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. The Thanksgiving Hoops Fest is always good. There's going to be some some good matchups uh, down there. You know, Columbus has got McEachern down at the uh, Holiday Hoops Giving in Georgia. And then we get into the big ones. On national TV, everybody will see Montverde in Columbus if they want to on December 1st. And then right, right away, Link is playing prolific prep, Bonnie. So prolific prep, win or lose, that game on the 22nd, they're going to have to bounce back. They're playing Link. I believe that game's at the Derek Smith shootout. Yes, I believe mm-hmm. that game is December 2nd in Kentucky. And then um, Montverde gets their chance at Link. We mentioned those Vegas games. I don't know the complete schedule in Vegas, but I'll be there to watch that game. It could potentially be one and two, but it not, may not be one and two. Because, again, based on the rankings, I'll, I'll put them out after Thanksgiving. It, it, it could be one versus four, one versus two versus three, depending. And then – uh Ani, I'll kind of let you mention some of the ones on the uh, on the later in the season, but those two games that I that are on the 12th and the 18th, that's part of the uh, city of Palms. Yeah, uh, no, that Columbus and Lou High game, I'm <laughs> interested to see that as well. Um, I'll actually be there in that Lincoln Academy versus Prolific game. I already got my ticket to Kentucky. That's be my first time being in Kentucky, so uh, <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be interesting. Uh, but yeah, that Columbus and Lou High. Uh, yeah. I think that'll be a really high level matchup. You talk about yeah. two, you know, I mean, multiple high major players into that setting, and Mom Verde and prolific prep on that for, on January fourteenth. Uh, I think that, like, I think prolific going into January. Obviously, hopefully, they're a lot better than what we saw in that game against uh, uh, in that Seven game five. against Columbus. But they're going to be a lot better come January. That. Those late December, early, mid-January is where teams start to peak. So I think you're going to see really good games with Columbus and Lujai and then Montverde and Prolific. I think those are going to be really good games because I think everyone's really kind of hitting their stride, and they are who they are at that point. Uh, so yeah. I think I, I agree that those those early December, I think teams starting to figure out who they are. 
uh, Lincoln County, North Mecklenburg, it's going to be a really good game. IMG, Richmond Heights, it's going to be a really good game. But I think those January games, I think that's where their identity set, <laughs> right? And now they're really playing into who they are. So I'm, I'm excited about those two January games. Yeah, those are obviously at Hoopal, the Spalding Hoopal Classic in Springfield, Massachusetts. It's always nice to mention the ones that do the Springfield double. So go from the Bass Pro in Springfield, Missouri, which is a great event. 15,000 people there. They love their basketball. And then, then, then go over to Springfield Monday. So you play the championship Saturday or in the championship day is Saturday. Mm-hmm. Travel Sunday, play MLK Monday. So that would be Paul the Six. They're doing it this year. So they're at the D.C. Who plays number five, Paul the Six, who's the top team right now we have in the WCAC there in the in, in Washington, D.C. area, DMV. Uh, they got to do it. They are in that Bass Pro with quite a few good teams. Uh, Bass Pro will also include number 19, St. John Bosco, uh, number 34, Edmund North, number 21, McEachern. So that's four nationally ranked teams. So. Paul the six is going to have to, you know, see if they can win that game and then then jump over to on their plane and then go play in that in that event on Monday. And I, I'll give the rundown real quick if I can pull it up on that Monday. Um, you got uh, McEachern as well going to do it Monday, January 15th. Let's say they play Paul in that championship game on Saturday. They're playing Harvard Westlake. So that's. 21 versus 11 then you got paul playing columbus so that's three versus five again that may not be the ranking then that could be two versus one we don't know you know we don't know yet and then you got compass prep playing long island and long island as you mentioned ani has that game against columbus so columbus has two big games on the 13th take sunday off play the 15th and then links playing img so everybody likes watching those those uh those games on that 15th or that Monday. And to be honest with you, everybody should really be doing a little bit more to talk about Martin Luther King Jr. That's really what the games are all about, right? I mean, the Dream Classics started years ago, Pangos Dream Classic 20 years ago, and then it kind of morphed in away from that day. And then now it's just like a celebration of that whole weekend. But that event is big. And again, doing that Springfield double is huge. I remember Montverde had their... Um, a really good team that won the championship. Uh, they had D'Angelo Russell and uh, Ben Simmons coming on to the team as a sophomore. And they lost those two games. They lost to Paul in the championship game at Bass Pro. And that's a hard thing to do. And then they came back and played Finley and with Nigel Williams, Goss hit a three-pointer at the buzzer. I just remember it really, really well. So the, those games are hard. So Paul's got their work cut out for them. Whoever's doing that double's got their work cut out for them. Okay. <laughs> All these teams that are are playing these national schedules, it's just so much different than 15 years ago. Again, we mentioned this MLK weekend has become really big, and and really the the weekend right before the McDonald's votes have to be turned in, and then are right before the McDonald's gets announced, and then also uh, Thanksgiving weekend has become really big. Uh, Ani, I know you like that. You know, it, it's oh, like yeah. right the way we we're on it. Thanksgiving weekend wasn't really that big. 15 years ago it wasn't it was kind of like leading into the holiday tournaments but uh the rankings are going to take care of themselves Chelsea I, I, I know I guess as we're getting close to wrapping up you know especially during the season it's great to go over them but like 
what's important is what happens on the court. No, absolutely. Um, you know, our rankings are set. The stage is set uh, for a lot of the players that we talked about to just have an opportunity to to lead their teams. So maybe yeah. that would lead to a number one spot. Maybe not. You know, time will tell and we'll definitely be following throughout the season. Um, Ronnie, I'll let you talk about a little bit about what's next. Uh, maybe our next updated poll. Yeah, let's just uh, close out by talking about what's next. Obviously, go to BallsLife.com and check out all the rankings. Uh, you know, but what we got coming up is the regional rankings. We, we obviously those teams that were on that bubble graphic will be in there. That's November seventh. The five regions: the West, Southwest, which includes Texas, uh, Arkansas. It's a little little uh, cheating there a little bit. And then we got the Southeast, which has really always been really strong: Georgia, uh, the Carolinas, uh, Florida. The east, eastern seaboard, obviously no explanation needed, and the Midwest, which is like Ohio, Illinois, that 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 group of teams. So the five regions, which I've had for a long, long time, those regional rankings will come out on the on the seventh. Then uh, a lot of people are interested to see, like we mentioned, we got the national player of the year back. Is he going to be the leading vote getter in the Mr. Basketball tracker? I don't know. Some people might say Cooper Flag is in that top five. Um, you know, the regional uh, leading into that Mr. Basketball would be November 21st. And then the first regular season, Fat 50, will be right after those Thanksgiving uh, big events on November 27th. So that that will kind of get us will get us through November and then take us in in December. So the 7th for the regionals, Mr. Basketball USA preseason tracker, the 21st, and first in-season rankings, the 27th. Nice. Okay. Well, I want to thank you guys so much for tuning into this special edition episode of the In the Paint Show. Uh, we are going to recap our top 50 teams, um, but they're also on ballislife.com for you to check out. Um, I know we didn't get to talk about every single one, but each team is featured on the website. So make sure you check out those write-ups. Um, the tab should be at the top. Everything is live now. Uh, good luck to all the teams that we mentioned today, especially those on the bubble. Um, hopefully they can creep into the rankings. I know Ronnie and Ani don't exactly always get it right all the time. So I'm excited for you know for the rankings to come out, for them to maybe be wrong. Um, yeah. but we'll see. We'll see next week on the next episode.